Gospel Message. The reading from for today's Gospel Message is going to be taken from Mark chapter 11. And I'm going to commence reading from verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. He refers to Jesus and they refers to his disciples. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And then if we fast forward to verse 20, which is the next day, it reads, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedst, is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Verse 25, And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you and your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So this parable of the fig tree, or this story of the fig tree, is one that has been um, you know, preached on a lot. And when I was reading it, it wasn't even the fig tree drying up part that caught my attention it was what he said after you know we're talking about the fig tree and we know that this was a fig tree that it wasn't its time to bear fruit it wasn't figs were not in season at the time and Jesus came upon the fig tree and the Bible tells us that happily that he may find fruit on it which almost tells us like, hey, you know what? I know it's not in season, but let's just see if there would be any fruit on it. And there was nothing. And he cursed the tree, <laughs> you know? So one could say, well, the tree wasn't at fault. It wasn't the tree's time to bear fruit. And Jesus cursed the tree. He says, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter. And the very next day, the tree was in fact dried up right from the roots. And Jesus' response to that was, 
have faith in God. And that's what I found interesting. The fact that the, the, his response was not even about the tree. It wasn't an analogy about the tree. It wasn't about, well, the tree should have had fruit and so on and so forth. It wasn't about the tree at all. His response went straight to have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whoever shall say unto this mountain. Now, again, a mountain is a, a, a structure that we can't even fathom what's under the ground. Like we can see the, 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 the magnitude of a mountain from the ground up. But I don't know if anyone archaeologically or geologically, whatever, has ever dug around a mountain to see what is underneath. I don't know if anybody has even bothered. It would probably be a complete and utter waste of time unless you just have millions of dollars to do that kind of thing out of curiosity. But no one has done it. But Jesus uses the analogy now of the mountain. It says, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith, it shall come to pass. Then he went on to say, so whatsoever things ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye shall receive them. And then ye shall receive them. So from the fig tree analogy or the analysis of the withered up fig tree, it now goes to faith. And Jesus is now telling us how strong our faith really has to be because it's impossible for a mountain that was once there to just not be there anymore. Like who uproots mountains? But Jesus is telling us that the impossible is possible when we pray. The seemingly impossible becomes possible, can be possible when we have total faith in God when we pray. Like there are times that you can pray. Again, look at the fig tree. It wasn't in season and he withered it. He withered it. And when he when the Bible says happily, he looked upon the fig tree happily that it may have fruit. It was almost as if that fig tree had a will of its own. It had a will and it could will fruit out of season. It had the ability, that was almost how the, the, the analogy seemed, that this fig tree has the ability, being that it's a creation of God, that you are not even bound by the season if you are a child of God. You are not bound by impossibility. What could say it's impossible. Let's say the fig tree's season is from April to, to June. And now here comes Jesus in November looking for, for figs on a fig tree. Their se its season was from April to June. Its season is over. But, so it's impossible for it to bear fruit in a time that it's not its season. But Jesus is saying, that's not the case for those of us who have faith in God. If you have faith in God, though a situation seems impossible because of our faith in God, and God's ability to make the impossible possible if we believe in this God. If we believe in God, he will do it. 
So that same faith is the faith that if we are looking at this Mount Kilimanjaro, and not because of the magnitude of the mountain and the impossibility that surrounds the magnitude of the mountain, but if our faith is in God to the point that that magnitude of the mountain means nothing because I believe that my God can. He said if we have that kind of faith, then that mountain can be moved if we command it to be moved. But then the other thing is, and when ye stand praying, verse 25, forgive if ye have aught any. So where we are looking at all these wonderful, wonderful, phenomenal things that can happen because of our faith. Remember, that's God's ability. That moving of the mountain, that making the fig tree um, bear fruit out of season, it's God's going to do it. Our faith is kind of like the, the, the seed sown. It's kind of like the opening of the eyes. It's like your eyes are closed and you're saying, you know, God, I believe there's going to be sunshine. You know, I, I believe I want to see sunshine. In order to see the sunshine, you have to open your eyes. So it's like when we are believing God for something, having that faith is like the very act of opening our eyes to see, having the faith to now motivate God to act. But Jesus is now saying that part is God's responsibility. The making the miracle is God's responsibility. He says, but when ye stand praying, like while it is fabulous for us to have that kind of faith that can move mountains, that kind of faith that can bear fruit out of season, he's like, your responsibility is now to make sure your heart is right before God. Make sure your heart is right before God. When ye stand praying, forgive. If there is anyone, if ye have aught against any, if there is any place within us that our hearts are not right, then before, he says, when ye stand praying, forgive. Forgive. Make sure our hearts are right. Make sure our hearts are right. Because it's one thing to believe that God can do things. It's another thing for us to make sure we're right with God as we're believing him to be able to do things. Because he says, if we do not forgive the Father our trespasses, if we do not forgive others our trespasses, our Father will not forgive us. You know, so it is not a separate statement. Because people often preach this thing, okay, the fig tree, stop. The mountain, stop. Forgiveness, stop. They're not separate. They're all part and parcel of each other. It is one continuous movement. Faith in God being able to do the impossible. While I now do that which probably seems impossible, which is forgiving someone who we have, who has offended us. It's a huge thing when we're grieved. And if that grief causes us to now hold offense against someone, we sit there justified in our unforgiveness because we have been offended. God is saying, though you might be justified, you still have to forgive. So sometimes forgiveness in itself can be just as monumental 
as bearing fruit out of season. Forgiving can be just as monumental as asking that a mountain can be moved, but it is a necessity. Just as faith is a necessity to move the hand of God, forgiveness is a necessity to move the heart of God. We have to forgive so that God's heart can be moved to forgive us as well as we having to believe in him so that his hand can now move in our favor. We cannot ask God to work for us by the moving of his hand when we have not done what moves his heart. Moving God's heart will also move God's hand. When our hearts are right with God, God's heart is moved. And also when we believe in God, his hand is now moved. But in order for the one to happen, the other must happen as well. And that's why he said, when ye stand praying, when ye stand praying, it is so easy for God to move his hand. But God wants, even more than anything, where we are concerned, that his heart be moved on our behalf. And God's heart is moved when we obey him. When we obey him by walking after his spirit. And walking after his spirit means love. And love means forgiveness. It means mercy. It means compassion. It means selflessness. These are the things that move God's hand. Move God's heart, I mean. And then when God's heart is moved, his spirit now helps us with our faith. And when we go in, in that faith, then God's hand gets moved on our behalf. So let us remember, or rather, let us not forget to make sure we're doing the one, which is the faith, without neglecting to do the other, which is the forgiveness. Moving God's heart will result in God's hand being moved. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.